welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. The Reverend Danny Clark is a priest in the Anglican Church, currently posted to the East Redland Parish in southeast Queensland. She is a wife of one husband, mother of four feisty daughters, and servant to a menagerie of creatures. Danny is passionate about her ministry, serving the pastoral as well as feeding the spiritual needs of the parish. The only thing she takes as seriously as her ministry is her coffee. Before I begin, I would like to pay respect to this land of sand and salt on which I live, work and play. These lands and seas that comprise Kwandamukka country that has provided for the Kwandamukka peoples for over 25,000 years. I acknowledge and pay respect to the ancestors that walked and managed these lands for many generations. And I acknowledge and pay respect to the Kwandamukka elders, past, present and emerging, who are the knowledge holders, teachers and pioneers. So Ascension Day. Ascension Day is always a difficult day to talk about, I find. We've had the discipline of Lent leading up to our Holy Week journeys. Hosanna, save us, cry the crowds as they wave their palms, which all too soon gives way to the shouts of crucify him and the agony on the cross. The wonder and joy of Mary's good news that Jesus is not in the tomb but has risen and Jesus's appearance back in the upper room with the disciples. All of these things is about fulfilling the requirements of prophecies told long before, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and the world will never be the same again. Jesus is then hanging out with the disciples for 40 days, being present, a present being, eating, talking, sharing, just like the good old days, until he gave one last instruction and one last promise that though he was leaving, the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them all. And he was taken up, as we're told, and disappeared behind a cloud. When I read the Ascension passages, the image that immediately springs to my mind every time is of the ceiling in the chapel at Walsingham, a place of great pilgrimage in Norfolk in England. As you look up to the ceiling above the altar, there is a mottled cloud out of plaster and paint with wounded feet poking through, a hem of a robe and rays of light emanating. It isn't a painting, but more of a sculpture. You can Google it if you haven't seen it before to see what I'm talking about. It's the only place I have ever seen anything like it. And an old supervising priest of mine from many years ago used to describe it as epitomizing for him the absurdity of trying to explain Ascension Day as it is written. The almost comedic scene of Jesus being whizzed up into the clouds and was gone. 
Perhaps ascension is more difficult to talk about than Easter Day and resurrection because we simply don't talk about it much anymore. It's one of the lesser celebrated occasions. We surely don't send Ascension Day cards or fill the shops with Ascension Day gifts or chocolates. It gets a bit of a passing nod in some parishes as a poor relation of Pentecost. But if we don't pay attention to the Ascension, I think we're missing a big part of the story. If we miss this bit out, what was it all for? The Ascension marks Jesus returning to God. It's not a full stop at the end of the sentence, but a very deliberate semicolon, a point at which we are supposed to pause, to draw breath, to pay attention to what has just happened and look at the road ahead for what is coming next. I am incredibly blessed to have a very diverse parish to work in. It consists of a mixture of churches and traditions, both on the mainland and on some of Australia's most beautiful islands in the Moreton Bay region of Queensland. I am, of course, very biased on this subject, and I was actually sitting at Point Lookout on Menjirabar, also known as North Stradbroke Island, when I began my thoughts and meditations on the subject about which I now speak. Celtic theology talks about thin places as being a place where the space between heaven and earth grows thin and it's easy to encounter the sacred there. And for me, there is a particular spot, a particular bench where I can sit overlooking a glorious beach. The sound of the waves crashing below me and trees rustling and the wind blowing all around me. Sea eagles surf the air currents there and the occasional roo or goanna cruise by. And for me, this is as thin a place as ever I'll find. On this particular day, it was a grey day. It was on and off rainy. The beach was closed as the winds were so high. And as I sat there on that bench, the clouds seemed to get closer as the next round of rain gathered momentum. I couldn't help but laugh out loud as it felt like God was giving me this real-time demonstration to inspire me of what it might have been like as Jesus went up and made way for the Spirit to come down. Pay attention, God was saying. Look, listen, notice. One of the great joys of my job as an Anglican priest is when I'm asked to baptise, particularly babies and children. It is an enormous privilege and a time of great celebration for our whole community as a new person is brought into the fold of our church family. We talk in the service about how we are all perfectly and wonderfully made in the image of God. And I encourage everybody to look around the room and see how different we all are. And when we do that, we get a tiny glimpse of what a miracle that is. There is no one present who is another me or another you. And yet here we all are, perfectly diverse and deeply loved as God's own. Whatever is happening outside of the building, this is happening in today. Something wonderful has happened in this place and for this baby 
for their parents, for all who have witnessed and this whole church family. It will never be the same again. Sure, we will all go to bed tonight and arise again tomorrow. But from this moment on, something special has happened and life will never be the same again. The Anglican rite of baptism is ripe to bursting with calling upon the Holy Spirit. We ask her to come and fill the place, fill the baptizee with new life by water and the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus promised would happen for the disciples in the very last words he said to them before his ascension. Wait for the gift my father promised, says Jesus. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This passage from the Acts of the Apostles, which covers the ascension, is inextricably tied up with baptism. There's just no getting away from it. And it makes sense because as Christians, there really aren't very many things we're told to do. To the secular world, it might seem like we have lists on lists of thou shalt do's and thou shalt don't do's. But really, our instructions are very few. Love God. Love each other. Spread the good news. Make disciples and baptize them in the name of God, Jesus and the Spirit pretty easy, huh? So just as in baptism, Jesus's ascension to heaven, him leaving us with the spirit to be our guide, marks a time for us to say something wonderful has happened, something has changed, and no matter what is going on outside of the bubble we currently inhabit, life will never be the same again. And what a blessing that good news is. So in the name of the fountain of love, the word of truth and the spirit of peace. Amen. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and the Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and the Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.